Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is Psalm 23. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your fiber and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelo, and I serve as the pastor of Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Dawn Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so we were in need of a topic, and we asked the admin, and she reminded us that Psalm 23 is coming up, possibly as a reading soon. It's this Sunday's Psalm. Okay. So she said, why not Psalm 23? And there's going to be a fair number of you listening who don't have a very big church background, who are going to be all, I don't have any idea what Psalm 23 is, and I'm here to tell you, you've heard it. (laughs) (laughs) Whether you've been to church in your lifetime or not, you know this. True. So let's start with which psalm is Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall shall not want. want. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the whole thing, it's not very long. And so we'll just read through the whole thing real quick. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Mm Mm-hmm. That's it. It's funny you're reading that, and yet... Because I know it as a snippet of a movie, it's actually Robert <laughs> Duvall's voice in my head <laughs> that is saying it all. Oh, that's hilarious. Because, like I said, even if you don't think you know it, it's used everywhere. It's used so commonly. It's kind of like the inevitable trope of funerals on television always happening in the rain. Mm-hmm. It's the psalm version of John 3.16. It just, for some reason, it is. Yeah. It's known. It's used. It's utilized. You see it on... All kinds of tchotchkes and pillows and cross-stitch and mm-hmm. all over the place. Very, very, very popular. So why do you think this particular one got to be so popular? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> so I heard once that it actually wasn't a hugely popular psalm historically. Oh, okay. That it's only been fairly recently. So within the last 500 years, think of Christianity. It's a lot older, right? So... I think that even in the last 250 years, so within North American history, it's become a much more popular psalm. Mm-hmm. But historically, this is not one of the ones that you would see really utilized in the way that we utilize it. We experience it, especially generations since the 1930s and 40s. This particular psalm is used so frequently and is so deeply embedded within culture and experience mm-hmm. and faith practice. Mm-hmm. That I think that's why it gets used at so many funerals. It's kind of a, well, I don't know any other scripture, so we should do Psalm 23, right? Mm-hmm. And so we default to this one quite a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does talk about death and comfort, but I think in many ways, part of its popularity is the fact that it tends to be shorthand hmm. because it is so well known. Hmm. It's like, well, we're doing a particular movie or whatever about anything religious related. Sure. And it's a very easy way to make that obvious. True. So when you often think of this particular psalm, you think of it in the 
thou with thee thy <laughs> speaketh. But mm-hmm. that's just one particular version of it. Would you say that's the most popular one? It depends on generation, and it depends upon how frequently people attend church. Oh, okay. Fascinating. So I find that individuals who grew up having to memorize psalms, those who memorize their catechism lessons. Mm -hmm. I did not. Right? (laughs) So I I think the generational cutoff is probably around 50 and older. Sure that that age range prefer this version that I just read, okay. which is the King James version. It's not the new King James. It's the King James version. Okay. And this translation is what was popular and used when they were kids. Okay. And they would have had to have memorized this for their Sunday school lessons and those kinds of things. And so the adults who were kids in the heyday of the church in the 1950s and 60s, this would have been one of their, you know, you memorize the Lord's Prayer, you memorize Psalm 23, those kinds of things. And so it becomes part and parcel of the parents' repertoire with their kids mm-hmm. and the connection between generations. And so those generations strongly prefer the King James. Okay. And if they haven't been back to church since then, when funerals come around, this is the psalm they remember Mm -hmm. because it's the one they memorized (laughs) and they remember it in this translation. Okay. Now, younger generations who haven't memorized as much and haven't had as much Sunday school based on memorization and who are more familiar with more contemporary translations of the scripture, they don't care. Okay. Except for one verse. Oh. Which is so fascinating. Which one? So the verse that stops people up, and this is when I'm in a funeral consult, I'll actually say, so do you have a favorite translation of Psalm 23 that you prefer? I'm like, uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, it's just the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, right? I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. But do you prefer... Yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, uh-huh. or even though I walk through the darkest valley. Oh, see, now the first one <laughs> has that language. <laughs> and I'm not even the memorizing generation. I know. That's the verse of the translation that matters to people. And specifically, that's where Robert Duvall shows up in my head. <laughs> For real. <laughs> so... The rest of the psalm is fairly similar, and you don't have this thou preparest and thou anointest and my cup runneth over. You don't have those things. But in order to get the yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you have to go back to the older translation. Do you mix them? I don't. Mm. I don't. If people really want the yea, yea, though you I walk, the whole thing. I just go ahead and go King James. And sometimes people don't have a preference, and they're really okay with using the NRSV translation, which is the translation that we use in general in the Lutheran Church. Mm -hmm. You can even go farther. The message translation of this is so vastly different. Is it really? Oh, yeah. It's so vastly different that people would probably be offended hearing it. No way. Just because it's so different. Right? And when you have something that becomes a part of cultural DNA as sacred, and then you completely change it out. Well, and like I said, it's become shorthand. Totally. And if you change that, mm-hmm. huh? I had yeah. no idea that particular translation would be so sticky. Although 
I'm sure a similar divide happens between the old Lord's Prayer and the new Lord's Prayer? Sometimes. Okay. Where that is a little less so is that you have many congregations that go back and forth with, forgive us our sins mm-hmm. as we forgive those who sin against us. And some say, forgive us our debt as we forgive those who forgive our debtors. Mm. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And so since we have those three different things that are all mainline accepted across Mm -hmm. the board, it's easier to understand that there are multiple translations of the Lord's Prayer than it is easier to understand that there are multiple translations of Psalm 23. Mm -hmm. Also, I think part of the reason why maybe this excels in popularity is also the the imagery of God as shepherd. Mm -hmm. It has a hugely rich history through the Hebrew scripture. And again, this is for folks who aren't as familiar The Psalms are a part of the Hebrew scripture. They're not a part of the Greek, which is the New Testament. This is the Old Testament. This is the Hebrew scripture. And shepherds and shepherding Mm -hmm. is a huge symbol for the leaders of the Jewish people Mm -hmm. and for God in general. And so this particular imagery becomes really rich. And then in the Greek scriptures, we pick it up by saying... Jesus is the good shepherd. Mm -hmm. This is Good Shepherd Sunday. Mm. And so the lessons are all kind of wrapped around that. And there's an entire section in one of our series of readings where it's like, Jesus is the good shepherd. The good shepherd is Jesus. Shepherding is good when it's done like Jesus. Like, (laughs) Like every week is just another iteration of like how Jesus is a shepherd and is good. And we should like the shepherd. I really should look ahead and see if that's the section we're heading into. I should learn more about sheep. It could give me a total excuse to go hang out with some sheep. It could. And bring fiber into your... And bring uh, fiber into the whole uh whole story. And I would feel less bad about knitting in church. (laughs) (laughs) See, honey? (laughs) It's okay. Everyone is welcome to play with fiber in my church. I think... You know, to understand that this image is not only a psalm image. This is not the only time in our scripture that God is referred to in this shepherding imagery. This is a rich history. It connects vastly across the entire book all over the place. Now, you've talked about it specifically about funerals, but I'm guessing it shows up also when people are having a hard time. I mean, the imagery seems to be something for people who are grieving or dealing with very hard issues. Is that true or not? That's a good question. I have not actually pulled this out as a comforting psalm with people who are in the midst of lament. What is interesting is Psalm 22 is a lament, Hmm. flat out lament. And I would be more likely when walking alongside of someone who is in a really rough, dark position to point them to the laments. Mm -hmm. But the thing about Psalm 22 is it doesn't resolve. Mm. It's one of the very few lament psalms that doesn't resolve. So you have to keep going and then you end up at Psalm 23, Mm. where there's this strong affirmation of faith and trust in the Lord, which is where laments always leave you. They always end with a turn back to God and a strong proclamation that God is worthy of trust. And so I almost feel like they should always be read as a pair. Mm -hmm. And do you know how Psalm 22 starts? I have no idea. Not off the top of my head. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Oh, that is an interesting pair. (laughs) 
So for those who don't know, those are the words that Jesus says on the cross, according Mm -hmm. to several of our gospels. And as a rabbi, knowing the scriptures as he did, Mm -hmm. saying the first words of a psalm is like praying the entire thing, right? I mean, the same way we started this out by saying, well, which psalm is Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Yeah, but that particular one, Psalm 22, often gets misconstrued as literal instead of a reference to a psalm. Oh, totally. But if you catch the richness then and you think of Christ on the cross singing because you don't speak psalms, you sing them. Mm. That's their intention is to Mm -hmm. be sung. And so there's Jesus on the cross singing Psalm 22. And you better believe that the people at the foot of the cross know exactly what psalm when they hear Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, right? The moment they hear that, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? They're going to know the rest of that psalm. And if you go through it and you read it, you ponder it in light of that, and then you move on to Psalm 23, it just enhances the richness of the two of them. Now, admittedly, this is all from a Christian context, right? This is Mm -hmm. co-opting Hebrew scripture with Christian story. So I want to call that out, that I'm doing that, and Mm -hmm. say, I really think that on the cross, the words of Psalm 22 were the call of Christ's heart. And if 22 leaves unresolved, then 23 is the psalm of resurrection. Mm, Interesting. So psalms are fascinating. They're Mm -hmm. really fantastic. One of my favorite classes in seminary was on the psalms, which shocked me. (laughs) I took it because I needed another Hebrew scripture class. (laughs) And I took it and I was kind of came in with a horrible attitude. And it was the beginning of 2002. Mm Mm-hmm. Something happened in September of 2001. Mm. And Mm. so January of 2002 is when I took my Psalms class. And I think we were all just in that state of like mourning and fatigue and bitterness and all kinds of stuff. You were ripe for Psalm 23, my friend. Yeah. And actually more so for Psalm 22 and more so for some of the other Psalms of lament. And I think I could not have entered into that class and really understood the blessing of lament had I not taken the class in the months that I took it. Fascinating. So to get back to my actual question, is it used anywhere other than funerals? Oh, it's used in worship, right? We have it this week. We have it other weeks during the lectionary. So it's used in worship. It's not typically a wedding text. It's not. (laughs) Okay. Um, I can't think of any other particular, if someone may choose it as a confirmation verse, but There's not any other, oh, well, you have to use Psalm 23. Funerals are really the big one. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Because when I think of it being used in pop culture or where it shows up, Mm -hmm. it's not always funerals. Hmm. It's often pointing out fire and brimstone and that all-powerful pastor Hmm. kind of image. Hmm. Maybe I avoid watching those shows. (laughs) (laughs) Probably for the best, but I think... It shows up whether you're not to. It's not just precious moments that, <laughs> that <laughs> utilize has, it. Right. Yeah, I think it's a familiar enough turn of phrase that it's easy to use and it's easy to throw into a script. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why it shows up in those kinds of settings. 
if I really wanted to do fire and brimstone, there's a whole lot more scripture that would be more effective mm-hmm. than God is going to give you still pastures, mm, <laughs> gentle true. waters. If I wanted to throw you fire and brimstone, there's some really nasty stuff in Judges and several of the history books. <laughs> Interesting. Of the translations that you have, do you prefer the yay though I walk? <laughs> Or are you more a contemporary girl? That doesn't make as much of a difference to me. I think my favorite version of the psalm is actually Marty Haugen's oh, Shepherd you're Me, Oh God. Me. I know that's not going to be happy making for some people, <laughs> but I love that piece of music and I love getting to sing it. Oftentimes when I'm not doing well, that's one of the pieces that I will sing. I've used that piece a lot. And when I'm in good voice, I can sing it a cappella. Mm-hmm. I actually, one of my favorite, dearest memories is early, early in my ministry years. And there was a gentleman in my first call who was dying from cancer. He loved my singing voice. And so he asked me to record music for him. Mm. And I finally got into like a closet with someone mm-hmm. who knew how to do like some balancing and recorded a whole little CD for him. And it's just called Come Home. And it's a bunch of songs appropriate kind of for the end of life. Mm -hmm. And one of them is Shepherd Me, O God. And I've used it several times. I've given it to several people. And I've used it at the end of life several different ways and places. When I was actually recording that afternoon, he died. Oh, wow. So the CD was kind of dedicated to him. And then at his burial... We were at a national cemetery down in Southern Oregon, and it was very, very rare. I know this now. This is not normally what they allow, but he was cremated, and the national cemetery had already dug the hole for him, for Mm -hmm. his interment. And so we were able to walk from the shelter down to his grave. Oh, wow. And I walked... So I went first because clergy go first. I was carrying him Mm -hmm. and the widow was standing beside me and I sang, shepherd me, O God, as we processed as a community down to the graveside. And then I placed him in the ground and blessed him and then we covered him. And so just the sacredness of that and the beauty of that opportunity was one of my first funerals, one of my first gravesides where I got to really do it in kind of that ancient tradition way Mm -hmm. and instilled in me just so much love for the beauty of funerals in that way Mm -hmm. and probably the beauty of that particular psalm Mm -hmm. and that particular setting of the psalm. And I could just have the words and I can sing that Mm -hmm. anytime, anywhere when I'm in voice. That's my favorite version. That's pretty special. All right, then last question. Is it your favorite actual psalm? No. No? No. Not at all. And you don't actually have to give me your favorite psalm because this is leading into a series of psalms, and I'm sure it's going to come up. It will. We're leaving a cliffhanger. And so we are planning for the month of June. We didn't realize that we had not done a podcast on the psalms. Of all things. (laughs) It seems like an obvious one. right? Well over 100 podcasts, and we have not talked about the Psalms yet. And so I will be pulling out my materials and freshening up and getting some stuff ready. And then 
for the whole month of June, we're going to dive into different flavors of psalms, different kinds of psalms, how the book is actually several books and all kinds mm-hmm. of different pieces. And I will reveal my favorite psalm. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. In June. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about Psalm 23. I look forward to sitting down with you another time on another topic. As do I, and thank you all for listening along. Spend some time in the Psalms over the next month or so in preparation for the upcoming classes. And if you have any particular questions about Psalms in advance, I would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at centralportland.org. And we would, of course, love to hear from you on iTunes if you would review the podcast if you enjoy listening. It is always wonderful to be with you and to have you listen. And so until we are in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what. Beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death into life. God is my shepherd, so nothing shall I want. I rest in the meadows of faithfulness and love. I walk by the quiet waters of peace. Shepherd me, O God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death into life. God is my shepherd, so nothing shall I want. I rest in the meadows of faithfulness and love. I walk by the quiet waters of peace. Shepherd me, O God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death into life. Gently you raise me, and heal my weary soul. You lead me by pathways of righteousness and truth. My spirit shall sing the music of your name. Shepherd me, O God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death into life. Though I should wander the valley of death, I fear no evil, for you are at my side. Your rod and your staff, my comfort and my hope. Shepherd me, O God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death into life. You have set me a banquet of love in the face of hatred.
crowning me with love beyond my power to hold. Shepherd me, O God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death into life. Surely your kindness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of my God forevermore. Shepherd me, O God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death into life.